you know, we had this idea to make it like we lo- we think our experiences are quite funny. Like when you do a Muslim comedy show, you go to a Muslim comedy show, you see a lot of non-Muslims turn up because it is accessible. The only difference usually is that it's family friendly. Nobody's going to start saying things that you might hear on a Friday night on a in a comedy pub somewhere, right? And it's in an environment where there's no alcohol just to make Muslim people feel friendly, uh, feel comfortable, I beg your pardon. So that's what it is. That's it's that's what we're, we're going for. We're trying to make this accessible. Anybody can watch it. Yes, Muslims will feel an affinity to this. And that's very important for us because we don't, we don't think... I mean, some people say, oh, but there's already a Muslim show on TV. What one Muslim show is supposed to represent the three million British Muslims in this country? I can tell you for a fact that we all don't think, think the same way. We're not the same. You know, we're part of an ummah, but no two Muslims think the same way, right? This, this, this is a very interesting time to be a Muslim creative, I think. Um, or just just any you know like black white Asian whatever you are if you if you come from a minority I think right now is a great time to get your ideas commissioned because they want representation they want authentic stories but I think a lot of the time us as Muslims walk around with a chip on our shoulder we sometimes think do you know what they don't want us now that we're in these rooms they're like we want you guys we just don't know how to find you or their ideas don't always come with uh, a lot of clarity but, but i think it's a little bit more than that i think it's it's not just about whether they want us it's about how they're gonna package us well then let this show muslamic be a proof in the pudding that you can make a show that you want what what's very interesting is remember so we actually filmed so airport regulars is a sketch we wrote the opening sketch of muslamic right now sitting on BBC Free with 11 million views, right? That same video we filmed on our phones just to just to have a proof of concept, we showed them. And we were looking back at that a few days ago. It's pretty much exactly the same. Wow. So that shows that there's content no tampering. Wise. Yeah, content-wise, right? So that goes to show there's not... Of course, there were creative changes, but I think... Maybe once upon a time, you had to, you know, you had to park your dignity at the door. And if you're going to go mainstream, you're going to have to like do something else. And, uh, you know, faith and creativity are mutually exclusive things. Now, I don't know if that's true, bro. Salam and welcome to the Muslim Vibe podcast. As always, I'm your host, Salim Qasim. And again, I am joined by Hussam. Again. Again, I'm surprised you're still here. I know. I know, I'm surprised too, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, Hassan, do you want to tell everyone who we're joined by on this week's podcast? Uh, yes. So, we are joined by Ali and Artif. You got uh, their names right? Correct. I got their names right. Hold on. <laughs> now, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, both of their stuff, to be honest. Um, Ali more so social media. I remember seeing him early on. And um, I'm aware that Artif has done a lot of uh stand up stand up comedy in the past acting presenting exactly so uh a seasoned comedian yes and and they're both well they've come together and they've written and starred in um a power couple i would say like us like somewhat like us but i just don't don't seem to receive as many compliments i don't you as they give each other you know relationships i think it's something we should work on there are dynamics but anyways so (laughs) Atif and uh, and Ali or Ali official, Atif Nawaz and Ali official, as you may know them both, um, are comedians and are. have produced a show on BBC Three. They have, which is going to be on BBC One on Monday. On Monday, you're going to say it is to follow it the flow. You are close, it's nearly there. Um, but no, we we spoke to them about a lot of things on this podcast. We did, we did, <laughs> we did. It was definitely. It's, you know what? It's the kind of podcast I would like to listen to. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You were a part of it. I know, I know. What an dream, dream dream right here. What that's incredible. <laughs> um, but no, I, in fact, it was a very interesting and enjoyable conversation. For sure. Um, we should probably apologize in advance as, as there was a lot of very loud laughing. There was. Um, comes with the territory. Comes with the territory. But I, I'm going to try and fix it in the kind of post-production part of things. But if not, then just bear with us a little bit. Please be patient. Please, yes. Um, that's that's everything really. Yeah. Here's our podcast let's with. Do it. Thank you for that. We've already done it, but let's do it. Okay, here's our podcast with uh, Artif and Ali. Salam, guys. Waalaikumsalam. 
Thank you very much for joining. I like how synchronized that was. It was kind of synchronized, didn't it? <laughs> it was spending too much time together. <laughs> like, yeah, well, like it was slum, man. Thanks for having us. It's nice to come and do a podcast. There's a five minute walk from my house. So that's that's, nice. that's pretty ideal. I only just found out that you live like probably that you live down the road from me as we well. We probably go to the same mosque. We should we should <laughs> hang out. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. Like we've so we've known a bit of background for everyone. I've known Artif for a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember you actually did a lovely piece for me in 2015. When I was going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for the first time to help yes. promote that show, and like it was really meaningful, man, because it was very difficult at the time. I had nothing, no following, no name, no value, no anything. But you just took a but chance you've on me got as somebody. Value. Well, you've you know, got value. well, Come you on. know, I don't like to blow my own horn, <laughs> but <laughs> no, but you were really kind, and like I've, since then, I've followed this this platform, and I think it's been really, really good. And you know, I think it's nice to be a part of that that whole. No, thank you very we, much. I think so. we've got very um, similar goals and ideals in in, in the. Yeah, well, and and you the first time well, it wasn't for the first time, but you interviewed me. Yeah, on on uh, Islam Channel. How the tables have wow. turned. Wow, how the tables have yeah. turned. <laughs> I did not know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you came on. I hosted a show on Islam Channel for four years called uh, Living the Life, co-presented. I yeah, say. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and Salim was a guest, and he was talking about the Muslim vibe and you know responsible journalism, and this is something that I really you know that's oh, very you, important. You, wow. Can I? Do you know what's mad? I've just yeah. realized this. Yeah, you've interviewed me. I interviewed on you Islam as well. Yeah. As well. <laughs> and the other day. We got interviewed together by someone else on that same show. On the yeah. same show, the same yeah. Show. yeah. So it's weird. Weird. The point is, right? when we started promoting Muslamic, like they were, they were like, "Okay, we're going to put you on this show. You're going to be on like you know Sunday Morning Live, and you're going to be on Radio Five, and you're going to be on Joe, and you're going to be on Good Morning Britain. You're going to be on all these big shows, right?" And I was like, "Yes, that's great, but I also want to be on Living the Life." And they were like, "What's Living the Life?" I <laughs> listen. It's on the Islam Channel. It's a show I presented for four years. It's very important for me that that community doesn't think that mainstream surpasses everything just because you're part of the mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't devalue that. It's important for everybody to know that you're still reflecting that community so um yeah so we, 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 i never detach from that place bro they keep moving further and further away from me i think they're giving me a hint but i have <laughs> you're right i've interviewed you ali i've interviewed salim there's a guy downstairs cleaning right now I've interviewed him right now. <laughs> i'm pretty sure you know i don't know who your neighbors are but yeah, if they're yeah, free yeah. tomorrow i'll get them on the show <laughs> Hussam's a low-key guy He's growing his beard out You've also interviewed no worries, him bro. Do you like beard oil? We could do a whole feature on we beard oil We could do a whole, whole show on that We're done So, done. so booked I, I think what we wanted to kind of start talking about Was uh, the bromance which, which almost manifested itself In the way that you in a synchronized way Responded to my salam yeah, Which was yeah. very nice and, and I've seen the kind of uh, interview bits That you guys have done um, all around and there is like a genuine chemistry I mean you guys have made a show together yeah. so obviously there is actual like acting chemistry but like you guys seem to be quite close and seem to get on very well how, how does how did that kind of relationship nurture? So being stand-up comics me and Atif always used to get like booked for the same shows we'd bump into each other in gigs um, but there was this one particular show in Birmingham at the Glee Club uh, where we had to share a lift or rather, I asked, can I have a lift? And Atif was like, yeah, that's fine. He dropped me the DM, in it. Uh, yeah, oh, through the DMs, right? And um, mate, that car journey changed everything. Because, you know, there's something about a car journey that, you know, like when you just put the music off and you're just talking, there's something about that hour and hour and a half journey where you talk about stuff you wouldn't typically talk about. For sure. And I think being creatives, we spoke about the possibility of a TV show. And... If we were to ever do that, what would that look like? How would that be? Um, and there was a lot of similar touch points. Had you guys worked together at all up until this point? Not, no, no, not no, not, no. Okay. I mean, we're different, we're different worlds we yeah, came yeah, from, yeah. right? So, yeah. like Ali was a d digital content creator. He was doing stand up as well. Yeah. But like, I knew nothing about the world of digital content. I came from this kind of snobby, snooty, old school stand up comics who were like, you must do the grimy open yeah, yeah, yeah. mics and go and perform in these dirty, More dank of a traditional. Route, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know these dirty environments where there's seven people watching and their dog is watching, and that's your and you pay your dues and all that kind of stuff. So I had this very kind of like, well, I mean, if you're coming from Instagram. What is Instagram? I mean, Instagram I was reading yesterday. How humbling is this? It's worth like $18 billion now. $18 billion. To be an influencer on that scale is incredible. And like yeah. over time, I became, came to really value what Ali does. I came to admire the work that he's doing, the craft behind it, the skill behind it. And it was something that I wanted to pursue as well. I was like, mm. oh, you know what? I want to try and learn this. Yeah, he was yeah, kind yeah. enough to teach me a little bit about that as well. Yeah. Um, just, I think it was a learning thing really about crafts and different crafts and coming together. Yeah. And what was really cool is the way they complemented each other as well. Like the idea of turning around quick characters, the idea of constructing jokes. It just put itself together. Yeah. Like, had, you, had saw, you done any? So obviously you, you started off doing a lot of 
mini, I'd call them mini sketches yeah, on yeah, social yeah. media. Yeah. Um, had you done anything of that kind on any platform online? No, not really. Nothing to speak of. I mean, I'm sure I did bits and pieces, but never on the. See, the Ali is like a machine. You know, he comes yeah. up with ideas on a regular basis and he executes them very quickly. He's just all about the speed and the 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 tenacity of just banging out ideas on a regular basis. But despite Atif's, the central plank of his career being stage and my entry point being digital, we both wanted TV. Oh yeah, we Crazy. both wanted TV. So when that car journey happened, it was just like, hey, can we help each other? Can we do this together? Can there be a nice little unique collaboration process here? And I think what people underestimate or don't realize is things take time man creativity takes time you know so uh, that conversation i quoted was what two years ago yeah it was 2017 2017 just the thought of possibly not like this is before a name a script or whatever just like should we yeah but then uh, one step ahead of that is we actually chose to put the time into effort into like you know let's discipline ourselves to get together not to just chill and chat but actually there with our laptops with the intention of writing a script and that in itself took ages of like yeah. okay, what does well like this is it like you say oh we've got this great chemistry people watch it on bbc and they think oh it's like a 15 20 minute show right yeah. but we wrote maybe a hundred different more than a hundred different sketches which we put in at least 120 different writing sessions into wow. you know we'd go and meet at these places where we could concentrate and just sit there cafes and write. by the sound of it <laughs> no 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 absolutely not we uh, went to these places usually we, can we tell you should we give the secret okay we went to a place called the Picture House Cafe, right? Okay. Uh, we're going to have to change our location yeah. now, bro. Right. <laughs> anyway, there's a Picture House Cafe in London. It's a great spot where you can sit and collaboratively But you write. know what? It is quite a... Those who know will know. It is yeah, quite an industry I, I know, place. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, like, yeah. People go there quite, to write and stuff. It's, qu- it's a quiet place. You nice. can sit there across from each other with yeah, a laptop yeah, yeah. and just be like, what about this? And what about this? And you can sit there from the start of the day and the end till the end of the day. And you've got a cake and a Diet Coke. And, you know, that's your whole day, right? <laughs> so, I mean, like we, we put in loads of those sessions. And the reason we did it wasn't just because, oh, we've got this burning desire for tea, which we do. It's because it was really fun. You know, it's, it's there's for nothing... Sure. Like nobody becomes a comedian to become rich. And the young people listening, don't become a comedian because they think, I want to be a millionaire and I want to be known around the world. I want to be super famous. You become a comedian because you get a feeling of satisfaction. You get this, this, uh, the, the stimuli you get from making an external reaction, you know, yeah. making somebody mm-hmm. laugh, creating sure. that, creating that joke, that construct of saying something that gets the reaction you want from somebody. That is what I live for, right? Yeah. So when we sit there and we're building jokes and like, I'm like, well, what about this? And he's like, well, what, what if we made this? And what if we tweak it like this? And it was quite, the unusual thing about this was sometimes when you're writing in a pair, you get very protective over your ideas. So it's like, no, mine is funnier. What are you talking about? Why would you adjust <laughs> it? But it was so natural almost all the way through. Well, the burning question I have is, was this your first collaborative venture uh together for for me it was the first time i collaborated with anyone wow so i so up until this point i had independently done everything alone okay so i i would write my online sketches i would film them myself i would put them i would i would be the only person in them um have you have you never had a cameo I'm I was just I thinking. Was, I was a cameo. I, well, so with Atif, <laughs> Atif, I have. Atif, I have. And uh, one other person, Hamza Arashad, Diary of a Badman. Yeah. So people who I genuinely felt, okay, it, for me, it was never about... Um, Building followers. Yeah, like... like it, I had cross-promotion. I had like seven followers, man. So. Yeah, no, so it, was, it was always... And, and Hamza asked me. Like, he has a bigger following than me. So it was never yeah. about... It was never about me trying to strategically place myself with people. For me, I'm all about vibes and... Just, uh, you know, w- w- what does this person represent? And if that's Tick Tick, yeah, yeah. then like that intrigues me. Um, but then that's just half of the story, man. When we finished writing whatever we thought was worthy enough to take to someone, that's when all the rejection started. So and before we get to the rejection yeah, stage, oh, man. Yeah. before we get to the rejection yeah, yeah. stage, in, in scripting and, and building a collaborative project, yeah. how was it, obviously... I come from a creative background. I'm a photographer. Um, working with other creatives, I would say, is probably one of the most difficult things, especially I, when it's... I also work with a creative, I see <laughs> my business partner, yeah, who yeah. is one of the most difficult people to work <laughs> no, with. No, come on. Because yeah. he's a creative. He's a lovely guy. Like, I, I didn't say he wasn't. He's a creative. He's difficult to work with. Yeah, and yeah. those two things aren't Fair mutually enough. exclusive, right? Yeah, yeah, I hate you. Yeah, yeah, I hate you. Creative people are really lovely. So, so how, how was it between you guys? Do you know what? I, I wish I had like 
a more crazy story. But genuinely, like, it's such a pleasure to work with this dude. Like, we had creative discussions, like, oh, maybe this isn't right. Or maybe we'd spend, like, at times 40 minutes, 50 minutes just discussing a particular punchline. But it was never... Man, like this is. I really so wish Salim would talk to me in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you should discuss an idea. Like, so if you've got an idea, you should be happy to have somebody challenge it. You should be able to yeah. defend it. So why why is this guy a shopkeeper? The whole thing with this whole show was we don't want to go with stereotypes. We don't want to use caricatures. We don't want to use things that point to obvious jokes. We want to be clever, subversive. This is what we're trying to do. So I should be able to defend a character that I come up with or a scenario that I come up with. Try and poke holes in it. I want you to try and poke holes in it so it can be more robust and more you know d- defined in that way it's the three-dimensional thing so you, well, you've got to welcome the challenge you have to leave your ego at the door a little bit and say well look whatever we're putting together is for the benefit of the show because both our names are on it right it's not like like if you watch the show you don't know which sketch ali wrote which sketch Ali yeah. wrote. you can't tell the, you, yeah both our names are on it we got to like it we both got to like the it. hardest thing was choosing who should type the words on the laptop <laughs> literally <laughs> and nine out of ten times that was that because I'm, I'm like I'm really slow you know what bro you're better at <laughs> I'm better at tapping keys on a keyboard but I, I'm not even joking me and Hasib same dynamic Hasib is, the, Hasib is the, the typing guy yeah. because he formats it better you know what? bro that's such an important thing. who's the typing person exactly like, yeah. such a, it is the thing is like when we met like I remember like, I introduced Ali to the tool that I use as well Celtex right I think yeah. I say and, Microsoft Word um, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a word we've been using you see that little paper clip thing yeah <laughs> don't talk to it ever no I, yeah so we, we got into Celtex and like the thing is you mentioned like people collaborating and stuff I've collaborated with loads of people before this is the first successful collaboration mm. you know i still got i've got like eight different rejection letters from the bbc dating back to 2008 so i've sent loads of things always been trying to hit them up with ideas and stuff and i, I mean i never really gave up i got a little bit jaded a little bit disheartened for sure but then like meeting ali was like a brand new energy and this mm. like kind of this the idea felt really good as well like we instantly thought we're onto something you know when you write something you think yes this needs to be out there. You get really passionate behind it. Behind it, there's nothing like this out there right now. We need to put this out there. This voice needs to be heard. We have very like similar morals and the idea of like this an ethos behind a show. So we came up with that. Like we want it to be something our family can watch. You know, we want it to be you know family friendly in yeah. the sense that there's no swearing or everything. Okay, we're going to touch on heavy things sometimes, but it's never going to be something you you have to like you know i remember watching even things like goodness gracious me with my family and having to go oh no no not this one i have to skip this one. <laughs> oh did you see that thing out there quickly and you fast forward like i don't want that to happen with the show i want this to be something people can just watch all the way through i, I just want to uh touch on the the what you mentioned about rejection letters yeah. um i've seen your you posted about this on facebook yeah and one of the things that since we met and like obviously I, i've i meet a lot of people i've met so many people in my life like everyone has but I got a very good energy from you. Oh, just like a lot. And, and so as a result, I'm always kind of rooting for you. Like you are with everyone, I right? It. I took a shower that day. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but the thing Once is... Once a week, what, bro. Once a conservation. What's, what's really nice for me personally to be able to see is to like watch your, your own journey and like your own uh, career play out. So I was with you at the Cricket World Cup. Not, in, not physically. Yeah. I didn't make it to any games. But like to see, <laughs> as in, uh, listen, I had, I had cricket on my second screen at I work. Help you out, man. Just let me know you want to. Talk to the <laughs> I, sh- I should have I done got that. Some connections now. Nah, okay, next <laughs> time. But like to see you chilling with Wasim Akram again. I'm not even a cricket fan, but yeah, I know yeah. Wasim Akram. Yeah, yeah. And you were like Wasim by hand around him, chatting, and like yeah, yeah. in his house. Most of it was in his house. It's crazy. Yeah, man. It's alhamdulillah. It's been an incredible year. Like, yeah. Just, you know, I just keep... You've had a busy time, summer. You know, every time I get like, oh, man, I have to wake up at seven in the morning. Oh, man, why do I have to queue up at this petrol station? Or, oh, man, my favorite pastries run out. Like, whatever it is, right? I just have to remind myself that Allah has blessed me beyond my wildest dreams this year. I never even dreamt that I would be standing next to Wasim Akram and he would ask me my opinion and my analysis. One of the greatest of all time. You know, like all of that. I would get to be on the World Cup the first person on the pitch after they get, got the trophy, like Moin Ali is hugging me, like three minutes removed from being given the World Cup trophy. Uh, you know, and you, and, and you, were, you were literally on the mic yeah, chatting literally. to the whole stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was doing I, the whole I know what you mean. Cause when yeah, because yeah, when I was seeing Atif do all that, 
it's like vicariously i was yeah, there yeah, I, I did it that's yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean, mean? Yeah, because, yeah. And, and i think that's the power of supporting someone from the very start you know when you've seen them grind and struggle and hustle and then you see them doing great things you feel like that's a part of yourself yeah, yeah, there with them and it's i think it's happened a lot man even the congratulations we're getting from islamic a lot of it is so personal those are the words we often just like i'm so happy this is happening for you you know mm. you deserve it yeah, you've worked so hard for it and it's nice when people you know follow that journey and support you now because you don't realize how personally people are taking it sometimes you just think you know i'm feeling a certain way i'm going to put this out there on facebook or whatever it is but but where to the people that do you know feel the same struggle of always getting rejected and that kind of thing mm-hmm. i mean i i feel feel it as well as a photographer i i've i've applied for so many funds for exhibitions that kind of thing and i always try to continue to to keep grinding at it and and going back to it but you said you've got rejections dating back to 2008 yeah, yeah uh when you when you started collaborating with ali where where was where did you find the continuous motivation well, that kind of thing that will come ali, through man. i gotta tell you like he brought in this energy he was so keen and like you know he was really energetic about it right just generally energetic. when you get the rejections you get a bit lethargic. You feel your shoulders drop a little bit and you think, okay, you know, a job in accountancy don't seem so bad. Like, no offense to any accountants out there, but you start We've, thinking about the About two podcasts ago, we ripped accountants for about 15 minutes. Is it? Is it? They're I the whipping know. boys of this podcast. Yeah, Feel free. I'm listening to that on my car journey. My... No, I mean, the idea is like, you start thinking about, well, maybe there's other things. And, and the truth is like, even though I got those rejections and I, they hurt for a while, I didn't take them personally because I'm still doing something I love. I wasn't being compensated particularly well for it, not to say that I am now, but you know, the idea is like, I've, I've I love what I do. So if you love what you do, it shouldn't matter. You should like the idea. You should keep tweaking the idea, keep working on it. The idea of telling a joke. Now, with those rejections, I did in my mind some way think, you know what? Maybe the TV is not going to happen. You have this dream of writing and starring in your own show. Maybe that won't happen. Alhamdulillah, maybe something is better. Maybe this is, Allah has sent this to you for a good reason, right? Yeah. Maybe the reason that's not happening for you is it's a good thing for you. And I really think, like, Allah made me wait you know, wait till the exact moment when I would appreciate it the most. I would appreciate mm-hmm. the opportunity the most. It's one of those things when you're a kid, you think, oh, I'd love to have my TV show and star in it. But like once we put this together and it came out, like it was uh, like probably the best day of my life. I'll be honest with you. Just the feeling of seeing it on BBC iPlayer, seeing people sending me pictures of themselves watching it, you know, like even my family who don't really follow, you know, mainstream, they don't really follow it in the same way as cultural people struggle to sometimes for people from certain cultures. Like it was the best feeling ever. And I really, sincerely, I'm not just saying this because I really owe a lot of that to Ali and the energy and the re-motivation he gave yeah. me. And he always makes me feel good. He's like, Atif, you're a sick joke writer. That is a brilliant idea. Like I'll say something, he'll go run around the room and laugh about it for 10 minutes. And I'm like, damn man, maybe I am quite funny. You know? Like, and it's just, He's uh, a good hype so, man. Yeah. So, I want to I so, actually so, start going. Right, so there's two things to unpack there. Um, I'll bounce off of what Atif said first. First of all, he's been incredibly modest. Like it was, it was a team partnership. Like, you know, and the beauty of having one of your closest boys be your writing buddy is when you're not feeling as creative one day, you can bounce off of each mm. other. So there were many, att- like two years ago, I, like he, he said earlier, I didn't know what cell text was. I didn't know how to properly format a script. I had ideas and I had all this energy, but really and truly, it was both of us coming together and synthesizing all of our knowledge together. To, to mention what you said about creatives feeling rejection, mm. I've learned now in my career that the rejection is part of the creative process. Mm. You have to internalize that as part of your trajectory. You can't over-personalize those no's because the minute you do, that will cripple you. But I've learned... All you need is that one yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And when that works, like he just said that was the best day of his life. Is he thinking of those eight rejection letters or whatever? No, it's just at that moment, cool. Let me just put all my life into this moment right now. Mm. So I think a lot of people want it quick. They want it now. They lack patience. They lack that sabr. But I think if like we have to force ourselves to reprogram the way we think about certain opportunities, like it's not meant to be easy. Do you understand? Like even the four of us, we're all, you know, like we can all relate to certain things we're all saying is because there's a part of our creative brain that loves this. We love the process. And of course there's downtimes, but like the audacity that we could have of thinking, do you know what? This is going to be a walk in the park. Nah, it can't be like, 
this creative journey is meant to be hard. There's meant to be things you figure out on the job. Um, and it's interesting you say this, com coming from the digital background, I think something I've taken note of and, and it's spoken about a lot is the way digital platforms have changed the way people see, you know, being a creative, trying to, you know, they, they see the instant successes or the, the supposed instant successes and they lose that patience. You're so right. And um, yeah, I think I think this is a good a good way and I always I always support people that talk about those rejections, those struggles, because I think it, it highlights to people coming up that yeah, yeah. they're very important, you know? And I, and I think sometimes it's just wanting to be perceived in a certain way. Like, for, for example, say, yeah, me coming in from a digital entry point, like, I could feel it. Comedians wouldn't see me mm, in the same way if I'm yeah, on stage yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Actors wouldn't see me in the same way if I'm on set with them. It's like, okay, yeah, he got lucky. Or like, you know, he's here. Because How do you deal with that? You don't over-personalize it. Because guess what, bro? You you had your way of coming into the industry. This was my way. When I'm in the door, it's 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 I, game. I think that's, like, that's, for me, at least one of the most interesting things about the partnership here, that like, on paper, you should probably hate each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, well, maybe, maybe Art of hating you more, because Art of like that, you know, done the, done the hard labor. I'm not saying you haven't, yeah, right? Yeah, Before yeah, I, yeah. I get, you know. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the eyes I'm getting right now. Is it Art of, Art of's gone down. Art of, remind me not to promote this. <laughs> so, <laughs> as I was saying, thanks for coming in, guys. <laughs> no, but, but Art of, Art of's done that whole, like, on stage presenting, like, slog in that way. And you've come in in a very from a di very different angle, yeah. but also very difficult because I've been in a position where I've consumed your videos. That sounds weird. I've watched your videos, right? Yeah. And it's one of those things where I watch one, but okay, that was good. Well, I watch another, and like that's how it is, right? That's how people consume. It's like you just yeah, keep watching yeah, yeah, yeah. until you're like, okay, I need to get back to actually doing some work. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a nice little break from reality, almost, yeah, yeah. right? And it's funny sketches, but to keep up the the consistency and the writing and the energy in all your videos. That's not easy. I was trying to get to the bottom of your Instagram timeline. I managed eventually. Yeah. It took me about half a day. Yeah. Because yeah. there's just so much there. Look, look what I've, I've got up on my screen. Like, <laughs> oh, this wow. is literally yeah, day yeah, one, yeah, right? Yeah. You're, you know, oh, talk, wow. That's interesting. Talking yeah, yeah. about Warner Brothers, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the marketing, uh, digital marketing role that you had there. I, I just wanted to see. But, th but that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, like, I can sit here now and say, bro, I have 100 million views on my social platform. Yeah. Took me eight years to be able to utter that sentence. Yeah. People don't understand that. That's what I mean. But, but, what, but what I find interesting is those same people that look at you and feel a certain type of way, when other people have gone, they'll take me to a corner. By the way, so how do I get more followers? <laughs> <laughs> so how do I improve my engagement? So I, I, I was always smart enough to know, like, do you know what? I get it. Ego is real yeah, or people yeah, feel yeah. some type of Listen, way. I don't care. I'm like, going to tell you, I was not one of those people. You, you, can, tell, <laughs> you can tell because I still have very few followers. <laughs> So you can see that, right? Like, but, like, listen, we, you're right. That dynamic, you're right. On paper, it shouldn't work, yeah, but it yeah. does, right? There's a, it really does complement that style of turning things around quick. So me, I'm about the conciseness of joke telling. This is the in the comedy clubs. If you go to New York or you go to the big comedy clubs in London, it's about how quickly and how often and how loudly you can make people laugh. How quick can you get to your punchline? How many times do you make them laugh in a five ten minute set? How quickly can you do that? And it's very similar with Ali. How much humor can he pack into sixty seconds, mm. right? How get, can he create these characters? as quickly as possible make them as defined as possible those two skills intertwined perfectly for me i think it was just the perfect combination i mm -hmm. encourage other comedians uh other stand-up comics to talk to other digital com or people who specialize in different things i don't think anybody does just one thing anymore right yeah, yeah. like i think it's very rare like you said man i'm doing the cricket thing and i'm doing the radio thing and i'm doing the acting thing and the stand-up thing and you know ali's done a lot of stand-up so people forget about ali's stand-up because of the 100 million plus views but he's actually and the work he puts into a stand-up you know the amount of the way he deals with that whole process, his work with the crowd, the 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 kind of student of the game mindset he takes, the advice he gets from real experienced people like you know people like Preacher Moss. I can see him always kind of asking for advice, and you know it's not somebody who's resting on their laurels. It's not somebody yeah. going, yeah, I'm famous, I'll turn up, and whether they laugh or not, who cares? I'm gonna you know they're gonna love me anyway. It's not that. It's a guy who wants to perform, wants to be the best, strives to be as good as possible. You know, and and like you you can't not respect that. 
you have to respect that hustle, you know? You can come in from a default position, but I got to say, that era of comedians is thinning out a little bit. Mm. People are becoming more and more open. And as Ali says, people value that digital success. Now, they know that, you know, promoters now also look at that kind of thing. If I'm pr- promoting a comedy night in West Hampstead, right? I, I want to know that people are going to turn up. So maybe this geezer with like 350,000 followers is going to retweet it or something. Yeah, and all yeah, of a sudden yeah. people will turn up rather than this guy who I know might give me a solid set. But he's got twelve followers. It's important it's, now. But that's, that's, that's the reality. So I, I used to once upon a time work at a book publisher, and I was working in marketing. And and, and I remember the one of the editors would come to me and be like, "Oh, we've got this um, script for a. I mean, we've got a, what do you call it? I don't know what it's treatment. called. Treatment. Treatment. That's the word. Got a treatment for a book. Can you have a look? And it was often like I'm not going to name check the people, but it was like ethnic minority blokes. And they okay. would obviously give it to me as one of the only ethnic minority guys in the office. Yeah, sure. They'd be like, oh, do you know this guy? I'm like, yeah, I know him. Yeah. You know. He's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually the one that sent it to you. <laughs> no, but um, so uh, what was interesting is that this was a big deal. Like how many followers do they have? And, and imagine if like book publishers, they're not thinking about what's going to be the best story. What's going to be the best book? It's, it's who's going to sell the most books. Because yeah, that's yeah, ultimately yeah. what it comes down to, right? Yeah. So it, it's, and that's the it thing. It's like, a business. So you can't. It is. You, I, I think you have some social responsibility as somebody who puts content out there. You absolutely do. But even, even within Islam, you know, you're allowed to run a business and yeah, be successful. Yeah, yeah. Capitalism is allowed, right? So, and you obviously look after people in the community. That's why we have things like Zakat. We have this beautiful faith that guides us in all this way. But nowhere in, in, in our faith does it say, don't go out there and be successful in business. Yeah, of course. So I respect that. I do think you have a responsibility if you, if you have that kind of profile to, to, push progressive push ideas that benefit the whole community as well you should Mm. um and you know if you're a big publisher kind of person yes absolutely make money with the popular person out there if you think you've got a good idea but don't neglect that little guy who might have the right idea as well i'm not saying make a billion copies of his book or whatever but find a way to get the person's ideas out there but and and this is me saying this as a content creator right I think there is now this conversation, though, where people almost feel unworthy if they don't have a million views sitting on a video or, oh, my God, this video didn't get this many likes. Therefore, I'm probably not good enough. Don't be that person, because here's the thing. My digital profile got me to the door. But to stay in the building, you need to have you need to have like a good script a good talent there needs to be people skills all of that shebang Mm. so and there's so many ways to get to the door right it might be through drama school it might be through the right network it might be through a good agent it might be through doing years and years of open mics and then finally finding that one person and then serendipity plays out like there's so many ways so i think right now social media is getting a head nod it's getting those extra eyes because it's everywhere but I'm, I'm like me being that guy. I'm saying that's not the only way. I know many are people who are dinosaurs on social media, but still yeah, have great careers. Sure. They don't care. Sure. You know, I, th- I think it's because we see it every morning, every night before we go to sleep. It, it kind of creates that, that idea that it's the be all and end all. But you're right, definitely that. Well, you also don't discount the people who don't look at it every yeah, morning yeah, yeah. or night. Yeah, exactly. we, th- we tend to live in this bubble where we think we, the way we do things is the way everybody does. Mm. And to an extent, that is a that is a subculture Such that exists. Yeah, but like, yeah. if you think like the guy who closes the comedy store on Friday nights, right? Mm. It's it's never Michael McIntyre. Yeah. It's never like I don't know who's got a lot of followers in stand-up comedy these days. But what it's usually somebody that you've never heard of, but is funnier than anybody you've heard exactly. of. And you say to, if you said to him afterwards, like, oh man, you don't have as many Instagram or Twitter followers as you should do. He won't care. He's already living the dream. He's yeah, closing yeah, the comedy yeah, yeah. store mm-hmm. on a Friday night, right? So th- th- success is different for different people. It does. It's not like a million followers, that's the dream. Or 1.5 billion pounds that's the dream mm. that was a very specific number wasn't it i mean like th- there's no specific dream it's just where do you find your fulfillment yeah and, and let me take you to another place for those people that have already tasted that it never stops you know what you want after a million followers another million is it then another million and then so so you can't hold yourself to to just being the person that ascertains all these followers because then your journey becomes meaningless. Yeah, your yeah, ambition right. keeps evolving, right? As well, so the dream I, was write and star a TV show. Now I want to write and star a TV series. And yeah, then I want exactly. to do it. Like, of course, your dreams should always evolve. I, I always say I would rather have 100 people that are genuinely interested and engaged in what I'm talking about than just like a thousand people just sitting there to be like, okay, what? 
like, is he having a waffle for breakfast today? I want mm. to see. That. Do you know what I mean? I want like meaningful connections with people. So yeah, I, yeah. For those who are listening in, there's an actual waffle model thing <laughs> with money inside, which I've just totally <laughs> broken. Artifacts, I think, or no. No, no, that's how it's meant that's to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Anyways, we're, we're getting Actually, away from yeah. the, You know what? Let's, I think this is a nice way. What, to, segue. Nice segue <laughs> into the TV show. Yes. Okay. Um, Muslamic. Yes. Yeah, do you mind if I start off with it? Go for it, bro. Thank you, bro. But basically, oh, okay, okay. I think, I think <laughs> my go. My go now. Sam is ready. <laughs> Chill, Celine. Chill out. Because <laughs> I, I, think, I think we lead very well into it with um, what you've set up to now, which is you've got together a script. Um because I, I know the pitching process, that kind of thing. But you guys have sat in, in uh, Pitch House Cafe for, for a period of time, got your script, script ready. What does it look like for you guys when you, when you look to pitch it? Who did you reach out to? Did they approach you? How did that all come about? And how did Muslamic really take off into to existing? So, so how nuanced do you want me to get? Like, Because here's the thing. There might be... And here's one thing I've realized now that the show is out there. A lot of people don't understand how... The telly world works like what it takes from go- for it to go from page to screen so f- the, the so this is the standard model talent writer performer has an agent that agent takes the script that the talent performer writer has created takes it to a production company that production company then takes it to a broadcaster tv channel distributor i didn't even have an agent so i was i'm i'm out of ha- Am I have so this is the thing it's interesting how you're perceived in certain rooms I have a hundred million views but I have no agent and I was mm. trying I was trying hey I'm this guy trying to I, get an agent trying to get an agent rejections rejections really? rejections yes bro from agents from agents from the shakers and makers of the industry like yeah we see you but we don't want to take a risk because and I get it it is a risk mm. cool he can make people laugh online but can he transfer take, yeah. that to the big screen right so here's what I did. I went straight to the top. I went straight to the distribution channels. So I thought, let me just cut all these middle men, women out. So I kid you not. You know how I said I slid into his DMs for a lift? I slid into commissioner's emails saying, hey, this is who I am. We have a script. I'd love to get a meeting with you. If not, that's not a problem. Did, did you did you have representation at the time? I did. I had a, I had an acting agent okay. um, who was doing good things for me in the world of acting. But even the in the in the comedy world, what you want is somebody who's a comedy agent in particular yeah. or specialises in that industry that can push you for those things or get you these meetings. But so, as Ali so, says, so really, together, you guys didn't do it the traditional route. That no, any, any no, not at all. Like this was do. literally. We emailed, so here's the thing. We emailed all these people that we knew, right? And we tried to get meetings. And even within those meetings, I remember I had a meeting at ITV, right? It didn't work out, even though like I have a really good relationship with that chap. It didn't work out. And I remember being quite gutted about it. There were loads of other channels. Let's not mention all of them, I guess, because we might still get to work with them one day. <laughs> uh, like, Let, let's not burn those bridges yeah, just yet. Yeah. I'm not interested in being on Love Island so I can say ITV. <laughs> so, I, I mean, so the idea is, right, like it's it, it, was, it was looking back and then, Ali sent this one email that kind of changed our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I was doing, I was, I was just going, cause you know, when you, you know, Atif had the experience of eight rejection letters. I hadn't tasted that. So this was the start of my rejection process in this world. So I just kept going. I was like, let me just stab at the dark. Someone's going to have to pay attention. And all I want is that one person. I true the base position of my way of thinking was anything is possible. Mm. I was that crazy guy. So I just kept going, kept going. And then one, the, the, the only real person that got back to us with power and potency was the uh, former head of comedy at BBC Studios. Big shout out to Chris Sussman. He called me in for a general chat. But obviously us being us, like we had the script ready, we had the treatment. Suited ready. and booted. Just a little word of advice for anybody listening to this. There's nothing better than to have something specific to talk about at a general meeting. I remember Atif told me that. Uh, and it and it blew like the side of my brain away. I was like, that's so true. Why do I want to go to a meeting talking about everything and nothing? Right? I want to go for yeah, something yeah, yeah, specific. Yeah, yeah. And they also don't want to just talk about how your day was or you know mm. oh, how did you get these followers no i'm here to like see what mutual viable project we can do together so that me in 
turned into another meeting and then then Atif came in with me and then there was a lot of uh, email exchanges and then within like six weeks they commissioned it wow which is quicker than like it's not like this is the way it happens mm. they even said to us right like don't get used to things happening this quickly because <laughs> they never do um so say someone just heard <laughs> that part of the conversation oh man it's six, six weeks, weeks. Nah, contextualize <laughs> the yeah. whole thing eight rejection letters eight years of creating content independently yeah, yeah, yeah. then struggling at the lowest part of the food chain of not even being able to get someone who can help me in this industry so i think the hack the secret the you, you know the, it's hard work it's hard work but it's also being persistent with that hard work mm. don't just work hard for a year and give up like and also the commission isn't the end of the journey right yeah, like yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. to at that point they say okay you've got a good idea make it better so you have to go away and then the writing begins again. Mm. We, we said this at the top, right? We wrote almost 100 sketches to get to the, the 11 that made it to the final cut, right? Or the 13 that we were going to shoot in the schedule that we had. So, like, and they went on and on. The process of editing and rewriting and reorganizing. And this is very common in sketch shows. You're writing right up until the moment that you the camera starts rolling. Because that's in sketch shows, it's always about what's the funniest and how, what's the most nuanced way to tell this joke or the cleverest way to tell this joke or the concisest way to tell this joke. So, I mean, with the writing, the hustle became even more hardcore once we got the commission because it was, again, like of getting things through the door. And a lot of people will ask editorially, oh, how much of it did the BBC tell you to do? Or that? They yeah. didn't tell us to do anything. Mm. Their only request was make it good. Make it as good as it can be. Is this sketch as good as it can be? What about, and they might even say, things, what about this? What about that? There was never any imposition. We made it very clear that, you know, our morality was above everything. We want to make it a certain way. And they, you know, even if they didn't agree, they let us do what we were doing, basically. It's so, crazy. But we still had to work and make it sharp and make it... As should everybody. Every writer out there, your first draft is nothing. You know, yeah, it's yeah. a good start, but that's what it is. Your first draft is never, ever, ever your final draft, right? You got, And we must have done... I mean, we, I know Ali was saving these on his computer at one point, And we'd write, you know, we'd do second draft, third draft, fourth draft, fifth draft, sixth draft, final draft we'd put in there. And then there's a final, final. And there's final, final draft. Then there was final, final, final draft. And then he got fed up and started numbering the dates on the end. (laughs) I learned that at university where the same thing. I had my my dissertation. I had final dissertation. Then I had new final dissertation. (laughs) Then like the new final. And then you just start dating Interestingly, that's how they named the Final Destination movies in exactly the same way. Really? No. (laughs) You believe This is the second time you've done this to me today, man. (laughs) Sorry, man. I I lie better than most people tell the truth. I'm sorry. (laughs) And just to go back to referencing how people generally don't know how telly works. So now the most common question is, right, that was amazing. When's the new episode? This is the start of a different hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pilot has just gone out. What commissioners do is they use the pilot to gauge to gauge interest is this working like you know what did we like about this what didn't we like then they make a decision and that can take months right so we've we've been speaking to them uh there's a lot of industry things going on in august but um inshallah we'll find out soon whether muslimic does get a series and that in the meantime in the meantime it is going to be on tv again which is quite nice like on bbc one it is going to be on bbc BBC one uh, this coming monday 11 o'clock on monday the 12th of august which might be eid so that's what we wanted wow. right? we really wanted it to be on eid and they were like what is eid and we we're like <laughs> this is what eid is this is why it's important to us right and and this is why it's really important to us. it'll be nice for us because we know families get together on eid right they go to somebody goes to somebody's house and all that kind of stuff right and uh, you know shout out to all the rework brothers out there that and sisters who have a difficulty with eid i know that that it can be it's a very pleasant time for so many muslims it's a difficult time for other muslims but inshallah i really do hope they have people that they can get together with but because you're usually together in a big group of people right you just sit there and to watch that together to see the success of two muslim brothers who are hopefully you know they're not letting you down they're not compromising your morals they're not selling out the faith they're just trying to do funny stuff and they're doing it on the biggest possible platform on bbc one it's yeah. BBC One, man. It's not tucked away somewhere on the listings. When you turn on a television in the UK, the first thing that comes on on BBC One is BBC One. Right? You know what I mean? So it just feels that achievement. It doesn't, I it will never forget this. I praise, I, I, you know, I thank my creator a million times over for giving me this privilege of putting me on this platform that I never, I didn't even know if I was worthy of it. And um, yeah, I mean, so Crazy. it'll be out on that. And that's going to be a special day for both of us. 
That's, I mean, that's huge. In terms of the, the, the show itself, um, so there's a few interesting elements. The first one, I think, is the name. Now, instantly, when I, I hear the word Muslimic, one uh, what racist gentleman comes to mind. Yep. Um, was he the inspiration? Uh, no, he wasn't the inspiration. No? He... He, I guess he created the word. So I guess for people who don't know, we're yeah. talking about the guy who was so at like an EDL, EDL rally. It was an EDL rally and he was kind of slurring his words. I mean, I, ironically enough, I don't think English was his first language. Uh, <laughs> well, he certainly couldn't do it very well. I don't know. I don't, who knows, man? Maybe he's pushed those on point. Who knows? But I, 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 he, he was trying to say something and he just couldn't say Islamic. So he would say Muslamic, right? And it was funny and it was silly and, you know, people kind of used it. And it became a word that a lot of young Muslims rude. Uh, use sorry a lot of young muslims use the word muslamic like in conversation informally that's muslamic or i'm feeling muslamic yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and we felt it was the exact word that encompassed the the vibe of our show right it's not i mean it, it's sort of islamic but it's not all about islam right it's written by two muslims but it's not necessarily just about being a muslim uh you know it's a lot of muslim people will watch it and enjoy it but again it's not just for a muslim audience it's for the broadest audience possible we've made sure it's accessible so it's muslimic that's exactly what it is it's that muslimic is... it's the perfect name yeah i think the nature of the show is paradoxical and that word is also a bit this and that so i think it yeah, the embryonic stage of that word might have been that EDL. We're, right get, we're getting deep. Embryonic. But <laughs> it's a Muslim audience, please. Yeah. <laughs> tone, tone down the, the multisyllabic words here, please. Polysyllabic. <laughs> Polysyllabic, bro. I was speaking for the audience. One man's like award-winning journalist. <laughs> You know what I mean? So thank you, so thank you, you guys for coming on. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast. It's you know, been an absolute pleasure. Young minds of the future in these fancy offices here in North London. It's been an absolute pleasure having you both on the podcast. Um, you know, you know where the door is. <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate that. It's always, it's always good. No, but yeah, you're right though. Like you're right. Well, you know, at the early stages, we had a, you know, we had this idea to make it. Like we like, we think our experiences are quite funny. Like when you do a Muslim comedy show, you go to a Muslim comedy show, you see a lot of non-Muslims turn up because it is accessible. The only difference usually is that it's family friendly. Nobody's gonna start saying things that you might hear on a Friday night on a in a comedy pub somewhere, right? And it's in an environment where there's no alcohol, just to make Muslim people feel friendly, uh, feel comfortable. I beg your pardon. So that's what it is. That's it's that's what we're we're going for. We're trying to make this accessible. Anybody can watch it. Yes, Muslims will feel an affinity to this, and that's very important for us because we don't we don't think. I mean, some people say, "Oh, but there's already a Muslim show on TV." What one Muslim show is supposed to represent the three million British Muslims in this country? I can tell you for a fact that we all don't think think the same way. We're not the same. You know, we're part of an ummah, but no two Muslims think the same way, right? This 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 is a very interesting time to be a Muslim creative. I think. Um, or just just any you know like black white Asian whatever you are if you if you come from a minority I think right now is a great time to get your ideas commissioned because they want representation they want authentic stories but I think a lot of the time us as Muslims walk around with a chip on our shoulder we sometimes think do you know what they don't want us now that we're in these rooms they're like we want you guys we just don't know how to find you or their ideas don't always come with uh, a lot of clarity but, but i think it's a little bit more than that i think it's it's not just about whether they want us it's about how they're gonna package us well then let this show muslamic be a proof in the pudding that you can make a show that you want what what's very interesting is remember so we actually filmed so airport regulars is a sketch we wrote the opening sketch of muslamic right now sitting on BBC Free with 11 million views, right? That same video we filmed on our phones just to, just to have a proof of concept, we showed them. And we were looking back at that a few days ago. It's pretty much exactly the same. Wow. So that shows that there's content no tampering. Wise. Yeah, content-wise, right? So that goes to show there's not... Of course, there were creative changes, but I think... Maybe once upon a time you had to, you know, you had to park your dignity at the door, and if you're gonna go mainstream, you're gonna have to like do something else, and uh, you know, faith and creativity are mutually exclusive things. Now I don't know if that's true, bro. Do you I not think it's true. also a bit of a na the nature of what you do, which is they want something that for maybe a non-Muslim audience 
might be a little bit controversial, might be a little bit questioning. Did, did I, don't, you... I, don't, I don't think they necessarily want anything controversial. I mean, maybe they, maybe there are people that do, but certainly not. We can only speak to our experience, right? So um, what, the people that what, we work what with... Is, what is and isn't controversial is subjective. A lot, of, a lot of the things in our show, people are like, yo, this is provocative, this is controversial. To us, this is our life. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, is it controversial? Is it? Like, that's just me going airport? to an airport, man. You know I mean? just, is that controversial or is do that... you know what I mean? So, for, yeah. so what we realized is sometimes us existing is controversial. How crazy is that? But this is what I mean about us walking around with a chip on our shoulder. Like, don't think like that, man. I think, that, I genuinely think the number one priority at BBC Comedy was, what are they doing and is it funny? Is it funny? Mm. I think it really did come down to... Is it funny? Yes, it's packaged well. It markets well. The guys behind it are like dedicated and hardworking and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully they think we're talented and funny as well. But beyond that, it's really just, is the program funny? How do we make it as funny as possible? Yeah. And for us, it's like, that's exactly what we want. We just want to make sure it's within these, within these parameters that we've given ourselves. And we want to reflect this community. We want to reflect our experiences. But overall, it's funny. And I, I genuinely think it is funny. I don't think it would get the response it's had. Or just off goodwill, or just for people thinking, you know, you know what, this guy's worked hard. Let's give him a pat on the back. Nah, it's not that simple, right? I've been to those plays where you know, you like, you see the guy and he's bowing like he's uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier, and, and you know, you just pat him on the back and say, "Brother, the lighting was wonderful." <laughs> but, but, like, but like, that's not this is that's not what this is. It wouldn't have this kind of mass response, yeah, uh, in both within the industry and sort of within consumers at large or the audiences at large. I think what's what's also interesting about it is that the kind of the space that it occupies, um, and, and again, I've, I've, Ali, I've heard you speak about goodness gracious me in the past. Yeah, yeah. And I think we have a shared experience of like, yeah. that was the first time we saw a brown man on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Artif, you've mentioned Ahmed Jalili yeah, yeah, yeah. as being like, you know, when you saw him as a comedian, he, he's not brown, he's not Muslim, mm -hmm. but he looked more like you than everybody else. Yeah. And that was why this was big. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why you pursued that and said, well, yeah, this is no. what I want to do, right? Second I saw him, I decided that's what I wanted to do with my life. So th the space that this occupies in some regard could be seen as similar to those in terms of for like a new generation, for a new crop of young Muslims, or even just, you know, it's not just Muslim, as we said, for, for minorities yeah. to be able to look at that. And, and when, I, when I look at the sketches, it reminds me of um, Key and Peele. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have seen their stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, and Key and Peele are legends in, in that game of just yeah, churning yeah. out masses of content. Like I'm, I've watched a few videos of theirs on YouTube. Now that's the only recommendations I get. Yeah, so it's very yeah, hard yeah, to yeah. actually do work at the office. If, I, if I'm watching something on YouTube, it might be a work-related video. Next thing I know, I've just got 10 Key and Peele recommendations. Yeah, in watch it. some more Muslim Wired videos on YouTube. Ah. <laughs> just bring them back into the rotation no, but, slowly. But, yeah, but, that's, but you're, I, you're, I, need to, I need to start doing that, I think. You're, you're watch some Quran videos and <laughs> you know, balance it. You're 100% right, bro. Uh, the palette of inspiration we had was, yeah, the, you know, from Goodness Gracious Me to Key and Peele to like Fam Alam and Fry and Laurie and Little Britain and Come Fly With Me. Like all the great sketch shows did something to us. And I think... But, but let me take you to a different place. So yes, that being reflected back on screen is important. But I always use this example that I watch Spanish films, French films, Korean films. I'm not Spanish. I'm not French. I'm not Korean. But the power of those stories is so mighty that it gets me. Mm. And I think there's something very interesting going on right now. And I think the power of a beautiful story is such that it can attract people from both ends of the spectrum. For sure. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think we, we really do want to be center stage for those things. And so comparisons with Goodness Gracious Me, like they're very flattering. You know, it's, it was an incredibly successful show, very funny show and I loved it and that was great. But it is quite telling that that's people's go-to comparison. It's point, worrying you know? that that's all yeah. we've got. Well, well it's it, not it, just that. It's just like you're watching our show you said Key and Peele, which is quite nice because it's not an like an Asian or a I'm ethnic, culture, I suppose. It's not the same culture, right? <laughs> so it's different. You know, he are culture. But the point is like generally the, the main inspiration for it like we didn't goodness gracious me wasn't in the top ten things that inspired our writing. Of course or not. inspired yeah, the style. Yeah. It was it's a great show. We love the show and it's fantastic and love everybody involved. And you know, obviously the comparison is still flattering, but it wasn't there. Like I, I think of things like the Chappelle show had more of an influence on the way that we were writing, or inside number nine and you know the the, the Steve Pemberton and um uh Reece Reece Shearsmith, Shearsmith, yeah. right? Yeah. They were more of an inspiration on the way we were writing and the way we were putting these stories I, out. Yeah, I always look at it like you know, when there's not a lot of something, it will always be compared to the initial reference point. So now, yeah. if there was a white rapper to come out, 
he will almost always be compared to Eminem. Yeah, yeah. Standard. Yeah, like it just sure. because oh is he the next Eminem? Yeah. Like it just is what it is. So yeah, with those things, yeah, you just you, it's just like cool man. But like yeah. I I understand the psychology behind those observations. But coming into this industry and the come up for you guys. Um how how prominent in your sketches, how prominent in your writing was it uh to come from a perspective of a Muslim South Asian that kind of thing because I've I've had the experience where coming up as a photographer uh, in the industry I've I've purposefully been like let me make sure that I'm a photographer first and that my craft is on point and then with that comes the idea of my perspective you know I, mean, I know exactly so what you mean man. I think just yeah. just quickly to add to that the show itself is described as exploring life from the perspective of two Muslim comedians or rather two comedians who happen to be Muslim. And I think that's an interesting distinction. Yeah. Uh, and I was wondering what, what your, your takes were on that. Well, yeah, man. Look, I am Muslim and it's a big part of my life. And I love, oh. I've done a lot of Muslim-themed comedy, right? I did a show called Muslims Do It Five Times a Day. That was my breakthrough show. And like, I like talking about my Muslim life, but sometimes I like talking about Street Fighter 2. Sometimes I like <laughs> talking about donut kebab. Sometimes uh, I like talking about the fact that I'm right-handed or that I've got a gray hair in the back of my head. Like, you know, like just the one. Uh, and like, you know, a cricket or whatever. Like there's a, there's huge facets to my personality. And Islam is a huge part of me. I am Muslim. I just am. It's something I am. But I am also right-handed. So, you know what I mean? I am also a homo sapien. I am also male. I am also, you know what I mean? So these are just things that I am, right? I don't have to, constantly fixate on that or explain that to people or talk to people about that or reaffirm that in any way i am what i am but there's so much more about my personality that i want to share it's my experience so that is who i am let me show you what life is like from my perspective it's like that airport sketch this happens to me it might have happened to you it might not have happened to you but i'm muslimic right let me tell you what a muslimic person's perspective on that particular instance is yeah and but but here's one thing I've realized from an audience point of view, when you write just being brown or just being Muslim, the Muslim audiences get so excited to the point, right, do everything for us now. This show has to represent the billions of Muslims yeah, in the yeah, world. Like, please yeah. go now. And that's so much pressure. Yeah, yeah. Muslims and are diverse, man. There's obviously Muslims are not just Asian. There's white Muslims, there's black Muslims, there's a Chinese exactly. Muslim. There's Muslims all over the world. You know, there's Muslim brothers, Muslim sisters, Muslims of a certain age, you know, young disabled Muslims, old disabled Muslims. There's there's one, it's, there's so, like billions and billions of Muslims around the world. It's impossible for us in a 15 minute sketch show to represent all of them. So we don't claim to. We don't claim to represent anybody. This is from our, very specific perspective but hopefully you'll see some of yourself in that and inshallah we'll try and reflect more and more experiences and let the show grow but but, but, but my my answer to that is we need more yes. muslims in the creative arts like more more of everything you can say that again for sure yes you know 100%. like you know I, I think and not just like comedy everything politics sports oh my god like do, do you understand the effect mo salah has on the mass world. We did a sketch about Mo Salah, right? Imagine we had 10 Mo Salahs. Imagine we had 10 Riz Ahmeds. Imagine we had 10 Mehdi Hassans. We, Do you understand we, what that we, does? We literally had a guy on this podcast who mm. converted in part because of Muhammad Salah. Alhamdulillah, so, bro, that is like- cheap. Little plug for the podcast there. Man, like, <laughs> I put the link in, no, but, but, but seriously. I love that, I love yeah. but, but imagine, imagine the impact that he's had on that level and also the the, the rates of um, hate crimes in Liverpool have gone down yeah. mm, since him signing yeah. and the positive impact he's had. Now, it, it, I think it's, it's, it's crazy people, people, to think- People underestimate that stuff, man. Like how much just existing in a particular industry yeah. can have direct or inadvertent effects on the mass world. But it's think, huge. But think about like the, the reception that Mo Salah gets back in Egypt, for mm -hmm. example. He has a very hard time. Like yep. he can't leave his house for Eid Salah, or I think it was on a Friday, oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, minds are like outside his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And similarly, like you guys mentioned, the second you you hit the, the the dizzying heights of BBC One, everyone's like, right, you guys are now the spokespeople for Muslim. Yeah. Do everything for us. Yeah, 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 Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Fix Brexit. 
Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I, I think I, I could do that one. I think you personally, could. I think I could do that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So, so go ahead, guys. Mr. Johnson, yeah. hand me over. I'll tell you what to do, mate. Don't worry. But, but this is, I, I think that's, that's almost like a, a, a problem that we have within the community is that we see someone excelling in a certain way and it's like, right, now this person is liable and responsible and has to represent my views yep. and the views of 1.6 billion Muslims. Yeah, yeah, it's unfair. And it's a twofold conversation. That's no, not unfair. You guys have to do it. Now. We'll it's do done. it. We'll do it. Yeah, no we'll, do that. we'll take that unfair <laughs> Everybody task, send your yeah. DMs to info at the Muslim vibe. Yeah. No, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll, fall, they'll filter them for us. No, I, 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 no, you're right. I mean, there is that intense pressure. But like Ali says, this is why we need more. And like, obviously, the worlds of politics and sports and news and, you know, every aspect of culture we need more muslim representation absolutely mm. we do and television is where we're making our mark right now but there's loads of people who are working on more stuff but don't let that don't let that stop you if you're out there right now thinking i have an idea i want to be an actor i want to be a creative a writer director producer cameraman whatever it is you want to do make that happen because you're needed right now chase it make it your second hustle if you have to i'm not saying drop out don't go to school don't go to university don't do do all of those things do all of those things, but do this too. If you feel mm. some way about it, make sure you do it because there's a need for you. I, th I think it's up to our generation. Because look, look, say our, you know, depending on the listeners' ages or whatever, like say some of our parents came to this country uh, not speaking the language, not having the educational resources. So to, for their kids, they were like, you got to do the tried and true method of how to be successful. But now I feel like we've got a broader palette of experience in our minds and we now know that do you know what it's not just being these five professions that are going to make you happy or that help you survive that help you survive yeah, yeah. or help you, or you can get really deep that are going to benefit your ummah mm. that are going to benefit your deen yeah, that yeah. are going to make you the mouthpiece for your religion like you can get really you know deep yeah, and spiritual sure. like that and i think bro yeah as you said like being a photographer like it's also behind the scenes. It's mm. not just, you know, more people sent a stage on camera. It's the decision makers. Like we now always say, we need more Muslim commissioners. Yeah, for sure. You know, we yeah, need yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> so the people right at the top, yeah. they can also give the green light and they can head nods. Yeah, I think, I think someone said it beautifully onto it. Like our, our parents came here and tried to work to survive in order for us to be able to follow our dreams. And yeah, I think yeah, it yeah, starts yeah, from yeah. very early on, you know, like we, we are now as second, third, fourth generation, we have the ability to dream like everyone else rather than have that survival instinct of, of going for the, for the uh, safer options. And the, you know, like you said, that we assume will be beneficial for our ummah. So it scares me, bro. Like, so what, what do you think what, to, to those people that are, because I think even in second, third generation yep. uh, families, there's, there's, people that still feel that pressure what, what what would you say to those kind of young youngsters that are you know trying to deal with following their dreams versus going for a safe option that their parents or grandparents may want them to go for do both do both right now we live in a cultural point of our lives where we think like we have to be one or the other i'm either a doctor or i'm an influencer there's enough hours in the day like bro we, like I always tell people, audit every single hour of your life. What are you doing? And when you dig deep, you'll see like a lot of those hours are being wasted. I think there's enough hours in the day to do something on the side, to you know build a side hustle, to you know focus on a particular passion point. Then when that side hustle starts to build some sort of uh, movement and has some sort of uh, eyes and ears on it, then you can make that decision. Okay, do I want to actually do this full time? Or you know, do I still need to put in a couple of more years? But yeah, as Atif said earlier, don't just drop your nine to five in your career and just, you know, throw yourself into... Don't do it for the money is the point, right? You shouldn't do creative stuff for the money. I mean, obviously, make sure you get compensated well and don't let somebody take advantage of you. Don't do that. But that's not what I mean, right? Make sure you put a value in what you're doing. But also, yeah. don't do it for the money. Money is not why you choose this career. If money is what you want, then go and do those things. Go work in property or finance or whatever, or wherever the key to money is. Accounting. I ain't worked it out yet, man. I don't know why you make money. <laughs> but like, my, my point, if that's what you want, then that's the place you go to for this. But as Ali says, if you've got a dream, if there's something you want to accomplish, do it. All the great creatives that you know now now that are successful in our scene all had jobs while he was working at warner brothers i worked at microsoft you know i know other people who worked like you know taz worked at the home office um you know guz was a teacher 
you know, um, Imran Yusuf worked in the gaming industry. So ev- all of these people, uh, I mean, Nabil Abdul Rashid, who's wildly popular, he still works in, in the charity sector and he's maybe doing better than a lot of us, right? So, I mean, the point is, you can do you can do these things uh, without having to abandon this traditional career path. Do that, but do this too. It's not like cricket. You know, when I was 15, I had to make a choice about cricket. I was quite good at cricket, I think. 15, 16, I was getting the right levels. But at that point, it was either go to university or pursue cricket. That's the system we had. You don't have to do that anymore. Now you can go to these university centers of cricketing excellence Loughborough where you can study. Like yeah, that, you can yeah. study and do cricket at the same time mm. or football. Like nowadays, you're so privileged in the amount of options and choices you have. You owe it to yourself to chase that dream alongside doing what you have to do. So do what you have to do also chase the dream. Like Ali says, it's wonderful advice. Audit your day. If you if you ever say, I don't have time, man, that's nonsense. That is nonsense. You always have time. Audit your hour, hour by hour. What are you doing that day? Tell me you don't have time to make time for your dream. I don't think we can. Yeah, that's a mic, mic drop, drop. Uh, moment. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think we can follow that up. There's a little fist bump going on there as well. Um, we do that a lot. We yeah. keep fist we bumping at the end of these interviews. We should start. We oh, no, should. but I've seen that. You, you guys did that on uh, Oh, you watched that? Yeah. <laughs> I think I posted it yeah. on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Do you know like, we're just like that, man? Like so you know fist bump. It wasn't a planned thing. We just fist bumped. Yeah. And then at the end, we were like, "That's kind of funny." And somebody <laughs> pointed out, so I clipped it and put it on my Instagram. And a lot of people found it very funny. Should we do it? Should we do it on Good Morning Britain? Yeah, on, on yeah which, absolutely. Every every the thing TV is we won't be in shop for that one because they'll cut. Bro, to like, we'll, we'll, hey, no, plan it, guys. Come on, we'll, you can, hey, you can we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll do it live in the middle of a conversation. We're talking about Islamic, and you know, you guys are auditing every hour of your day. You know what? You've been scripting for years, and you can't orchestrate a fist bump on the Good Morning Britain. It will be a fist bump. Come on, boys. It'll be a fist bump. Anyways, I wanted to thank you both for coming in. Thank you for your time. Genuinely, really appreciate it. It's. I was going to say, listen, thank you for having us. And thank you for doing the amazing work that you guys do. Some of the discussions on here, you know, we're talking about the arts right now, but the discussions on here are fantastic. They go to a different level. I know, I, I, I have a feeling without being braggy about this i feel like a lot of people are going to listen to this particular episode but i encourage everybody that's listening to this one this is your first experience of the muslim vibe to stay on this platform and keep following it because there are some valuable things being talked about from a perspective you don't often get to hear them from so make sure you support platforms like this in any way you can do you want to host the next podcast (laughs) (laughs) does a a better job than i do but no no thank you guys very much man i I know you guys have been busy promoting the show and everything else and obviously we wish you all the best and and Again, this platform is yours. And like, you know, for example, back in the day when when you reached out and said, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. Can you promote it? We're happy to support the work that you guys are doing. And don't be strangers. I oh, mean, man. we're down the road from you. Yeah, yeah down the road, man. Arthur, let's exchange numbers and no actually problem. meet up. We'll go for Domino's pizza. He says that he's not going to give me his number. Ah! I texted you today. Oh, yeah. I, okay, you I do that. have your number. You I'm going to save it, it no now. Problem. Very good. All it right. might be my age. Lying. <laughs> it's definitely mine. Don't worry. It's definitely mine. No, thank you guys very much, man. Much appreciated. Thank you for having us, bro. So that was our interview with um, Ali Official and Atif Nawaz. Atif Nawaz. I need to write down these names for you on the back of your hand. <laughs> I'm not very good with names, but um, I got them correct. Yeah. I, th- I think that was a very interesting discussion. Um, we touched on a lot of points, a lot of really interesting stuff. I mean, coming from a creative background, you mentioned that about five times. I did. I did. I think it's important to know, you know, it's perspective. People need to know you're a creative. We, <laughs> we get it. Don't worry. We get it. Yeah. So um, some really good stuff, I think, for people who might be trying to pursue a creative a creative uh, career or, to be honest, anyone in general, they touched on a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, good insights on the industry. Yeah. And um, yeah, just uh, what did you think? I, I really, to be honest, like... We've been, I think, blessed lately. We've had some great guests on the podcast and, and these two were right up there yeah, um, yeah, yeah. in terms of just giving a, a unique perspective and, and take on things and also sure. letting us into their journey a little bit. 100%. I and mean, you know what? There's something I want to say on the podcast, which I didn't get to say, which on. is something I've learned in my lifetime is, you know, what, when it comes to this whole thing about luck and opportunity, yeah. it's, it's I see luck as being ready when that opportunity passes and I think they are the perfect perfect examples of that don't you think yes yeah because I think it's so crazy that they they had one off meeting which if they hadn't had their script prepared ready 100% this all wouldn't have come into to being so um, yeah I think it's uh, aspirational stuff no for sure um, and, and as I've mentioned if this is the first time that you're engaging and interacting with the Muslim vibe then 
be sure to subscribe check us out we're on facebook instagram twitter we've got a website everything basically you do um and and that's it for another podcast <laughs>